everyone, and welcome to episode 460 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Red Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? Good morning. Recovering from a weekend of moto grinding. <laughs> have you been junding them out, Richard? <laughs> uh, I, there was jund. I don't know if I'm junding anyone out, though. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I'm going to ask you about that because that's one of our topics for today is LCI and Constructed. But before we get into all that, we got another co-host in Grim. Good morning, Grim. How are you today? Uh, Pretty good. Also been grinding. I guess uh, the team I was on, we ended up winning the little Street Fighter tournament. So Ooh, I'm pretty happy Oh my about God. That. Are you a street champion pro now? You, you Dude, did it? I, I, I won't lie to you. It, <clears throat> having a... Only one of the greatest fighting game players to ever coach you probably helps. <laughs> like, like, probably helps. Okay. But yeah, so we ended up winning it. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. I, have you ever played fighting games before this? Or you were literally like learning fighting games for this event? Yeah, like we, we had a like a week, week and a half's time to all learn just a fighting game. This was my first ever like foray into like like actually playing the fighting game instead of just rolling my hands across the buttons <laughs> and bushing, button mashing so uh like yeah uh i guess i'm a jury main now so i guess that's pretty cool oh <laughs> uh, that is sweet so our plan for today we got a bunch of different topics we got a couple of little ones there's some new promos magic cons coming up next year a couple of big ones there was a couple of interesting articles about what to do about standard uh which we wanted to delve into because i thought they were really interesting and then we wanted to talk about lost caverns of ixalan in constructed standard potter and Mineer. we've all been playing we got some tournament results so that's the overview for today or before we get say in, potter and Mineer. Did I, did I actually? Potter and Pioneer. Potter and Pioneer. Best formats, best formats. Before we get into it, though, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And if you want to sell some Potter and Pioneer cards, you can do that over at cardconduit.com. If you ever get tired of all the hassles that go into buy listing, Card Conduit lets you skip them. You can use a curated service to send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a 5% fee. And if you want to do a bit of work, you can use a sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance in pages 2%. And no matter which one you choose, you're going to get a detailed report with the results in a fast payment once your order is processed. And you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. And our show is also brought to you by Magic at Sea. Magic at Sea is the ultimate way to play Magic the Gathering. You can join players from all around the world for this unique tournament on one of the most immersive cruise ships in the Caribbean, featuring commander and sealed events, you'll have a chance to win prizes from a huge prize pool and make new friends, all while enjoying a six-night Caribbean vacation. The ship sails March 17th, 2024, and space is running out, so make sure to check out magicatsea.net today for more details. So thank you to Magic at Sea for supporting the show, and let's talk some magic, and let's start with... Let's start with the easy topics, and we'll leave the big ones for the for the end. So we got a couple of promo announcements this week. Uh, Richard, what, what promos are coming up in Magic? All right, uh, the holiday promo, uh, which I, I guess just goes out to like Wizards employees and some content creators, basically friends and family of Wizards, but. Uh, you can buy them on eBay. Usually, uh, people like throw them up. But seasons sequels. X Triple Blue Instant. Pitch the titles of up to X holiday-themed sequels to target spell. Copy that spell for each title pitched, except the copy has that name. You may choose new copies or new targets for those copies. Uh, this is silver-bordered, in case you, you didn't get it. Uh, it it's acorned. It looks black-bordered, but the acorn is there if you squint hard. Uh, I, I don't, does anyone, it's cute. I don't know if any, I don't know how much people actually care about these. I remember one time we did like, like a commander clash podcast where we like ranked these and it was like the least popular podcast we ever did. So I don't know if many people actually care about the, the holiday promos. This one's kind of funny though, right? Like, uh, I don't know. The, the joke is fine. What, what are holiday themed sequels that you would watch? Like home alone. Two. I mean, two. This, this is the great <laughs> question, right? Like 
what is a Christmas movie? More, I mean, like Seth mentioned, I don't know if anybody cares about the card, but I will say the topic on the card, though, you know, like that. That's often. Is Lord of the Rings debated. a holiday themed sequel? <laughs> like, what, actually, what, what exactly? Oh, is it just going to lead die to hard a Christmas argument? Movie, yeah, right? about like, what yeah, counts like, as a Christmas movie? Because. <laughs> Yeah, because like I, I guess now, right? Like I, like this, I, this means Hawkeye is a a a Christmas TV show, right? So like, or I guess it might not be. It's Marvel. I don't, I don't know. Is it Christmas? Is it not? I have no clue. Well, it's holiday themed, so any any holiday, Krim, we could be celebrating Marvel this yeah. winter season. So you never know. <laughs> I mean, I do that so, every year. all right. Uh, on to black bordered promos, uh, secret layer showdown promos. So those are the ones given out at uh, Magic Cons. Uh, these are pretty rare, right? Because they they go to like the top placing players. Uh, Spell Pierce, Murktide Regent, Dark Ritual. All with uh, some some pretty unique secret layer looking art. I don't know how to describe them other than they're very colorful, borderless cards. Uh, these, yeah, these cards always Where? end up very expensive. So I I believe that it's like uh, the spell pierce is like just for entering, and then Murktide is for like top eight or something, and then Dark Rituals for like winning, and it's going to be super rare. But we've seen some of the past versions of these, especially the super scarce, you got to win ones, be like thousands of dollars so i mean i guess it's a pretty nice prize to get a card that there's it's essentially like a serialized card right because there's only so many events that happen at magic cons in 2024 so even though it's not numbered the number of these that exist is going to be really really small especially not for spell pierce but for the rest of them so kind of sweet i wish you couldn't sell these I, I wish, like, if you wanted this dark ritual, you have to win the event. You have to. And it, like, I don't know, they somehow stamp your name on it or something afterwards. And, like, that that's it. Like, you have to win this event. Like, that, that's funnier. the ultimate flex, right? Anyone can whip out $2 million and buy a serialized ring, okay? But can can you win? Can you win the event at MagicCon to get the dark ritual? That, that would be hot. <laughs> It'd be funnier, actually, if I owned a card that just said Richard on it. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> so I don't know. I you got to show up to uh, the the was it the brawl event? Be the one of one player there. <laughs> get the get all the promos <laughs> and go home. <laughs> they, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Look, I I I am biased in this. I I I would love. I would never want them to not sell this because then I wouldn't have been able to bought the Jace from Martin Yuza or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they they also announced the the next year magic con so we knew about chicago in february amsterdam in june and then vegas the end of october next year so about a month later than it was this year there's also one missing usually there's four a year but if you read the article carefully there's like there's one little line that there'll be like another event to win the dark ritual at that hasn't been announced so i'm assuming there's there's got to be one more that they haven't announced for some reason. So I don't know. I don't know why, but I assume there's one more somewhere in the like springtime because that's the one that's missing. So we'll have to wait and see. But those are the magic cons for uh, for the next year as well. So I assume we'll be in Vegas. Krim, are you doing Chicago? I think I'm doing I am. Chicago. I so we're going to both be at Chicago uh, and I can't wait because I need to leave this warm California weather <laughs> and get, get up to the cold pizza. north. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, the things I know about Chicago, the Bulls, Knuckle Puck, uh, a band and uh, pizza, deep dish pizza. And let me tell you <laughs> something. Last time I was in Chicago, uh, I I had so much Lou Malnati's and this one other spot that was really good. And you remember the name. But yeah, I fanboyed because Lou Malnati's like followed me on, on like on Twitter or whatever. And I was like, yo, I what, like your deep dish. What are the odds of you doing Amsterdam, Grim? Is that I think that is like, the one I'm very unlike, very, very unlikely to do. But <laughs> I would love to do Amsterdam. But unless unless I'm getting sponsored or uh, like anything like that, I don't know if I'm paying out of my own pocket to go all the way to Amsterdam. That's probably an expensive trip. What about you, Richard? Are you yeah. going to be making a? I know we usually do Vegas every year, but any chance that the Codfather I, I shows could... up at another Magic Con? <laughs> Richard can't go because no. then I can't take care of myself as I am his son. <laughs> he needs so, a chaperone. You know, like, you. Yeah, you need a chaperone. Yeah, yeah like, if, 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 like as he is my father, if he isn't there, the house is gone. Right? I'm gonna, like, <laughs> we counted down the days until my son is old enough Me. to play Magic. So like maybe Me. two more years and then he can play Mono Green and then yeah. we can go. <laughs> <laughs> That's, Richard's talking about me, by the way, every time. Just imagine me. When he We've been training Crib on the far the ways of the Farsi. It's, it's, it's coming. It's yeah. happening. He still has trouble. 
attacking with creatures. He doesn't understand this concept. <laughs> Maybe Richard is me. Uh, all right, let's let's jump into our first big topic. And I thought this was very interesting. So there were two articles in the past week-ish, or past couple of weeks, let's say, about standard. The first one was from Zach Hill. Richard, I know you uh, you read this one. What is the kind of the TLDR? So you can check these out over on Hipsters with the Coast, both of these articles. So if you want to get the whole thing, go read the articles. They're both actually very good. But what's the TLDR of the first article, the, the Zach Hill article? Yeah, so the Zach Hill article is a pretty interesting one. Uh, Zach Hill was a, a designer on, on, on Wizards of the Coast. Uh, but he was talking about what standard actually means. And he's not talking about the format exactly, but he was talking about this like mythical standard format for onboarding players and where players get started. And essentially, uh, he was saying like it, it has to be a place that wizards can control. Uh, you know, rotation is ideal because they can control it end to end. It has to be a place for new players to come on, and it has to like kind of do what you expect. So. The core of Magic the Gathering is kind of like play creatures, attack, hit people. And like what is not expected is on turn one, you'd fill your whole graveyard, reanimate something out, smack someone for 20, like one shot them, and like that's it. Like that's cool and all, but he's saying like that's not what people are thinking of when you initially give them the idea of magic. So like standard is supposed to convey this. And what's interesting is he said, basically, since Fire Design the past two years, none of the winning decks, like the, the Pro Tour decks, the Grand Prix decks, all those stuff, like they, they don't really meet these criteria that he laid out. And then he goes on to list like a bunch of problems, like why they might have happened. But he says like, he doesn't really know like what is a part, you know, what is the main problem, how much it it contributes to this or how to fix it like for example wizards focusing on commander make standard packs full of commander cards we know that's a problem but how much of a problem is it compared to fire design like nobody knows right but he kind of just lays it out but it's a pretty interesting read to see like the eyes of a designer but basically we need a standard place to play for new players and for onboarding people and currently, standard is not that. It's kind of broken away from that. So we need to either fix it or find a new standard. And so, currently, the standard we're using is Commander, which clearly doesn't meet any of these criteria. But I so, actually think that's that's so important that we do have a standard, some new way to onboard people. Because everybody thinks that it's good to start with Commander, but it, but like... Dude, it's so intimidating. Like, imagine just sh me showing you, hey, by the way, here's like 20,000 cards. Like, and then, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, like on top of that, like, hey, do you, like, don't worry about it. Just just read these these textbooks and, and things like that on, on the front and back of this card. And also know your opponent's textbook of cards, which, again, spans across, like, a 30-year history. So... Like I, I I do think that it, it's good that there's these commander precons that are very easy to learn, very nice to pick up. But I just think something about a sixty card like you know format is much easier to get into. But maybe I'm just a boomer. I don't know. So article number two kind of comes at the opposite perspective. So this one is from Sam Black. It was like ten days after the first one. He actually said that, uh, or they actually said that they uh, read Zach's article and that got them to consider standard again. So this is kind of in response to Zach's article. And what Sam said is they don't really think that standard is essential anymore. Like when it comes down to it, the issues with standard is that we have so many products coming out that are not focused on standard. If you open a standard booster pack, it's gonna have all these cards that are even legal in the format. So standard is so confusing. And the focus now is commander. In Sam's view, Commander and Universes Beyond are the intro formats. That's what's getting people into the game. And a Commander Precon is going to be better value and easier to get someone to the game than it would be with Standard. So the argument was basically, there's two things we could do. One is just get rid of Standard altogether. They served a purpose in Whoa. the past, but its time is gone. Sunset Standard. Focus on Pioneer if you want a 60-card intro format or Modern or whatever. Like Those would be the intro formats outside of Commander and Universes Beyond, which are the big ones. Either that or 
make it so everything is legal and standard. So your Lord of the Rings set is legal and standard. Your Commander Precon, yeah, maybe it'll be awkward sometimes that something refers to the command zone or whatever, but make it legal and standard uh, because there's this huge barrier of entry that people don't know what's legal and standard and anyway. You open a set booster and you're getting all these cards that you can't even play in standard, and part of what made standard work in the past is you open up a booster and you can play with those cards. Or you could play limited and then use the cards from limited to build a standard deck and get into magic that way. So we got two very different perspectives on this. Where do you fall on this, Richard? Like, are you more on the like standard needs to be revived and we need to save this for the good of the game? Or what about the just forget it or make everything legal arguments from Sam? Uh, I think standard needs to be revised. But one, one interesting point they brought up in these articles is like if you just bought some of the hot new cards from this year, like you just went and bought whatever was released, you couldn't even play standard, right? You buy like Lord of the Rings, you buy Doctor Who, you buy whatever, like you buy, even if you buy packs of Ixalan, like you might have cards you can't, you can't cobble together standard deck. So, you know, it's very interesting where Wizards is focused, but Commander is such a bad format for new players. It's unbelievably bad. Like there's three people putting pressure on you to play fast. Like, you feel very bad for being slow, right? It's, it's bad enough if you have one friend, now you have three. You gotta, like, understand three people's worth of, like, 30 years of cards. The pre-cons are terrible. Like, I, I don't know who pre-cons are for, aside from, like, MTG Finance people. Like, <laughs> you buy them for reprints, and, like, that's kind of it. Like, they are so difficult. Like, I, I've, I've said it before, if, if I were to start someone off playing Magic the Gathering, their deck would be full of bears, right? They're They're trying to, like untap upkeep draw like that's that's what they're working through like that's what they're struggling with and you're like well here's this double face card that's sometimes a land that's sometimes a creature it has a triggered ability <laughs> when it goes to the graveyard it does this and then that you're like what the heck is going on you like you need a four mana four four that's it and you know when you attack at instant speed you can giant growth like that's already like mind-blowing for a new player so i think we gotta bring standard back like I was looking at Pokemon cards. Their art is like so big. They have like no rules text, right? <laughs> like after like 30 years, their cards are super simple because the only format is standard. You just rotate everything. You don't need to power creep into oblivion. Whereas for us, every standard card is like a tome. Like you need to add all this text to keep increasing the power such that you play this in commander, such that you play this in modern. But like if you just actually had like vanilla, Gigantosaurus, you know, like just vanilla <laughs> creatures. It'd be so much easier for new players. And like standard is the home because you can rotate the card so that you don't have this weird like power creep dynamic happening. So, but it, how do it's you? It's so nuts to me that that that's like, like we like that's what I remember, right? Like in like teaching friends how to play Magic, it was easier to get them into standard. So I I fully think we need a standard. Like like you look at One Piece, the card game as well. Uh, you like, like there's just vanilla three, five, three, like it costs three mana and it has five power essentially. Right. Like that, that's, that's just good in one piece. But, so like, isn't that nuts? That I is, don't know. That's kind of nuts. That is nuts though. But I feel like there's this incentive issue, right? Where like wizards wants that sweet commander money and they like, that's what they want to print cards for. And to make a card exciting for this commander player, like it's can they really do that? Can they like legitimately print cards like that for the good of standard? I feel like I feel like making standard good would require wizards to not be so focused on commander. And I don't know how you get wizards to do that. Right. Because there's just so much easy money in commander. But like, I think that it, like commander is great. It's it's like probably I would say leveling up. I, I think at at its lowest and at its easiest level, I think commander is like a little above intermediate, right? Not exactly a great uh, great spot to be if you want to teach somebody the game, right? Like, yeah. like, like having just gone through this myself right now, learning the fighting game scene, it was great, right? Like my, my coach was able to explain to me just the basics of, of a fighting game, right? And, and nothing more, didn't tell me about the, the, the inter intricate like combo loops, anything like that. And... I think that's what magic needs to be too, though, right? Like I need to just know the basics of the game and not get overwhelmed. And I think that's where standard comes in while also giving me some outlet to where like maybe I can get my competitive itch where I can like play my cards. 
Uh, and, and yeah, so I, I think standard has to be good. And I think we stated this a while back too. I, I, I've talked about it on a podcast. I think that standard just has to be there. Like, like commander is an amazing format. I love commander, but I think to onboard new players, you really do need standard. I think or uh, some easier format like uh, I, I, I would like standard to be good, but I don't think the current version of standard is meeting anyone's goals. And I don't know how we get to the good standard. I feel like I would rather have no standard or the drastic change of making universes beyond legal and standard than whatever the current like lugging around the corpse of command, like standard full of commander cards is like we're in like just this very awkward place. What do you think, Richard? Is there any realistic way of wizards actually changing how they make cards to make standard good again? Or is the cat out of the bag? Is it just too late? And we need to think about these extreme options. It's too late. You, you actually need brawl. Like, I don't know. No. They got to make this other. They need to make a new format that's somehow accomplishes this. But they're not going to go back to 60 card because there's just too much money in Commander. But, like, there's too much boomer money sitting around, essentially, <laughs> right? Like, every time they release some weird product, it's like the super enfranchised crowd. But to get the new kids to come in, you need to have this, like beginner format but it can't even be like this weird beginner format that like is seen as like scuffed and you need to upgrade to the real format like remember when standard was the format like everyone played yeah standard because you liked it and it was the best format and it was the beginner format like that's what you need that's brawl or something right i don't know like like the argument is standard doesn't Honestly, actually need to be this the standard format but the only one with the spawn of card pool is standard right like once even you get to yeah. pioneer the card pool is pretty big yeah. By the time you get like, to Commander, it's disgusting. It's like harder than Legacy. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. Like that's Brawl, that's kind of sucks. We've tried it. <laughs> yeah, Brawl's bad. We we need some draft seal. They they just they, no, they just, just no. act limited with the, uh, with the packs, well, is it right? But limited would be another way to do it. See, is it like limited I think even harder? That's than a it? misconception. Because yeah, you got to exactly. know how to like build like, the deck and draft. Hard. Like I feel like limited is actually like harder than Commander. If I was gonna rank the formats by how easy it is to get into. constructed. We bring back block <laughs> <Yes>. constructed. <laughs> except we in don't have In theory, blocks, that's great, except for yeah. it kind of, yeah, like it kind of sucks. <laughs> it does kind of so, suck, and we don't even have blocks anymore. So that would be, <laughs> that would be tough. The, we the other thing that Wizards doesn't talk about is the promos. Like, if yeah. they made standard and didn't make promo cards for standard, like, not only is your card ridiculous, it's now movie postered, <laughs> and it looks nothing like a real card. You can't read it. Remember the big hoopla over textless cryptic command? Yep. And then they're like, oh, we can't do this ever again. Like, this is ridiculous. And then now they do it, like, literally, like, for every staple of every card of every set. Yep. Uh, it, it's daunting as an existing player, but as a new player, you just give up, right? Like, like you're like, what is this? Like, I can't, I can't read this at all. I don't know what this is. It, it I, also, I, I, I don't know about that, right? Like, the, the, the Texas stuff, even back then, was, like, fine. I didn't care about it then. But it was so rare. Now, right? There were, like four Texas cards that were actually playable and you would like rarely ever see them and you knew what they were. Now, like every single card has one, right? I mean, I mean, like as long as there is an easily accessible version and that like, like a normal base set version, I don't think it matters. I think that part's fine. Like, like I told you, I, you, you put the the front side is movie poster, the back side is the normal printing. There, so that <laughs> more you can more it around and like you can read a normal card if you want and then you still have your promo version if you want. That could actually work. I mean, I like the like cryptic and whatnot, like textless cards, but I do think there's a cost for new players. Like it does. I mean, if you're brand new to the game and that's like the first card you see, it's going to be kind of confusing. So I do think there's a cost, but I don't know. I think it's probably worth it overall, I would say. So, yeah, the articles are really good. Check them out. I'm curious. Have y'all been playing standard since we got Lost Caverns of Ixalan? Like, how are we feeling about where we're at currently in standards? Uh, that's other big topic we want to talk about today. What do you think, Grim? Like, how big of an impact has LCI made? Uh, I, th I think it's huge. Uh, I think it's it's done a very good job. Uh, like, I, I enjoy this standard a lot. Um, we're, like, we're still, I think it's still early enough in the trial mode uh, where we're, we're trying a lot of cards out, but we're seeing a lot of uh, LCI being played, right? I won't lie, some of these cards are definitely a big shocker. Uh, we're talking like uncommons that have appeared out of nowhere, which I assume we'll talk about in a little bit, so I won't talk about it now. 
Um, but yeah, like I, one of the things that I talked about, uh, like on one of my streams was that I think the lot of, a lot of the power lies in the uncommons, right. For this set. And I, it looks like it's true, uh, with some of the events that have come out over the weekend. And I, I love it. I think this standard's pretty powerful. Uh, I, I think LCI is pretty powerful. I don't know why they fixed Cascade by fixing it. I mean, they power boosted it. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit once we get to Pioneer, which uh, yeah, that's <laughs> Watsy. So we uh, got a standard challenge over the weekend. Yeah, we got two actually. Yeah. So I'm looking at one of them, Esper Esper mid range up there. Yeah, uh, right. The uncommon that Krim is referring to is Deep Cavern Bat. It's like a tie. Had that on their like a, card. <laughs> it's a two-mana 1-1 one, one flying lifelink. When it ETVs, you exile a non-land card from their hand until the bat leaves the battlefield. Uh, that is played as the full four of in multiple versions of, <laughs> yeah. of this Esper deck. And then I mean, Subterranean Schooner. Two-mana 3-4 yeah, vehicle. When it attacks, target creature that crewed it. This turn explores. Crew 1. It's a very cheap yeah. crew cost. Uh, conveniently, a bat can get in there. Uh, yeah, but that's yeah. played as a two-of in these Esper decks. So... There's also yeah, es- Esper. Like, Esper's been around. Uh, it's still well, good. Still, I mean, I don't think anybody thought it was gonna go away, right? Like it was. It's a good deck. It got it got new cards. We we're just curious to see how many new cards actually get played. And I think the best creature land that has been printed out of all of them uh, in in standard now, Restless Encourage, aka the bird one for you. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's in there. Too. Um, that's in there, and like that's like you know, no surprise. It's got a really cheap cost to activate, and it's flying, and it makes a map. Instantly, that's just free value, right? On top of that, uh, more of the uncommons that we've seen. Spyglass Siren, right? That's that's obviously another good one. Um, what's the four-mana red thing that's pretty much Bloodbraid Elf? We've been seeing a lot of that on the ladder as well. Oh, geological uh, Appraiser or something like yes, that. Yes, yeah. that's it. Geological Appraiser. Like, the, like, you're seeing a lot of the uncommons and the power of the uncommons of this set. Um, and that's kind of just making me really happy. Uh, I think that's really cool. And there's like this weird, as I said, Spyglass Siren. So it's just a one mana, one, one flying pirate. When it enters the battlefield, make a map token. So map tokens, are they good? Like Seth, what have you, have you been playing it? Richard, have you been playing it? Cause like, I think, I think they're actually like pretty, I think they're actually pretty mad. So like, I, I think there are good cards that make map tokens. I think the one drop is one of them. There's a pretty like long history now of cards like uh, Thraben Inspector, like kind of punching above their weight. And this one even has flying, which like is an additional upside. Although overall, I felt like the, uh, the main way I've given my opponents map tokens is uh, with Get Lost, which has been really good. Yeah, I felt like they're not like that strong. Like, am I wrong, Graham? Like, have you felt like the map tokens are like, there's some synergy. Sometimes you can like sack them to something for value. But I feel like compared to clues or blood, even this is like the lowest tier of artifact token we've gotten so far. I I think it may look like it's weak. Maybe it's not a clue, but I will say that it is very subtle. And it is strong and it is efficient because of that. Um, just being able to either A, draw that land, get it out of the way, or pump a creature and then potentially pitching whatever's on the top anyways. It like arguably it could even be better than I think it might be better than what you're giving it credit for. Um, I, I will say that cards like get lost are huge. Uh, like I, I have really liked get lost map tokens do require you to have a creature for it to be relevant. Uh, so that's where like maybe a clue is a little more universal. It can be played anywhere at any time. Um, and so, yeah, like, I don't know, but map tokens in a deck with creatures looks good. Like if your deck plays creatures, it's a little awkward, right? Like if I get lost to you and then you pump your creature and then you start swinging in for lethal or something weird like that, like it, it could get pretty awkward. I wish you could activate them at instant speed. It's very weird to me that all the other yeah. artifact tokens can be activated at instant speed. And for some reason, this one has the the sorcery speed restriction. So I think that like is is one of the things that keeps the power in check a little bit. I'm surprised how many subterranean schooners there are, because have you played with that card, Graham? I've only played against yeah. it. I haven't put it in a deck, uh, so I haven't actually played with it. It hasn't killed me much when my opponents play it. I don't know. I didn't realize it was like 
a scary card, but now it's in a lot of the top performing lists of the weekend. What's your experience with the schooner, Ben? Like, I, I know there was some hype about like, oh, like smugglers copter vibes when it was first previewed. Is it is it close at all? I think the schooner is very nice. Uh, it, it plays real nice. I don't know if like, you know, it's anywhere near needing to be banned like or like to the power level that smugglers copter is, but it is efficient. Um, and it's really good in the decks that you're seeing it in, right? Uh, just because then I get to up it, because again, it's only crew one, right? Which then normally before it's like, okay, cool. It's just crew one, you know, whatever I, 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 I answer or let it, let it hit for a few turns. It's fine. Right. And then answer it. But the body that you're crewing with gets bigger. Uh, it's smoothing out your draws. Uh, but it's still like a little bit slower than, uh, um, looter scooter but it's still very good so i've liked that that is such a good crew target it has yeah. lifelink so you're growing yeah. your lifelink flyer out of range and then you can just keep smacking them so i think this card's insane the other it, card it, it's, it's, snowball. Or... it's one of those snowball cards right like you don't care too much for it but like if you just leave it their creature keeps getting bigger and bigger they get card advantage or whatever like it's it's not good for you so even that it doesn't have evasion but it's big yeah. enough to like get in there it's like a three four it's not terrible well think, would you say uh, on par or better than looter scooter oh, <laughs> oh looter scooter had flying <laughs> looter scooter had flying I, cool yeah cool. that's i just i, mean, I just I, it, it just gets stonewalled so much like that's kind of the issue like if this had flying it would be looter scooter probably better than looter scooter it would be so good but I have found, like, there's times when it can snowball, but there's also times where your opponent plays a 4-4, and you're just like, oh, my whole deck does nothing now, and it's very sad, so. It's a 2-drop, Seth. <laughs> I would expect a 4-drop to be able to block it profitably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other card that's really impressed me is Anim Packle, or whatever, the Boros Legendary 3-drop that's showing up alongside Adeline, the one that makes uh, gnome tokens whenever you attack, and it, like, snowballs uh, as you get more counters on it. There's there's been some like Boros aggro decks that have played that along with Adeline that have had a had a lot of success. So it's been interesting to see that kind of take off a little bit and be, I think, a little bit better than people expected. I, I didn't see a lot of hype around that card during spoiler season, but it's actually one of the cards having a big impact now. I I mean, one thing that I am also seeing that's probably in that same deck is Inti. Uh, I've been playing with that mm. as well. Yep. Inti has been a very good two drop. Uh, like I, uh, which is whenever you attack, you may discard a card. When you do put a one, one counter on target attacking creature, it gains trample until end of turn. Whenever you discard one or more cards, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card until your next end step. This was just on a two drop. I was, I didn't think much of it, but like it very quickly spirals. Uh, like th this card needs to be answered. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's there, like, that's what I mean. Right? Like. We're seeing even more of that Warden of the Inner Sky. We've also, we haven't even touched on everybody's favorite uh, Kindred deck, which is Dinosaurs, right? We're, we're seeing Dinosaurs, uh, which one of the, I think, the best cards in that deck, or I, I, when I, like, maybe because, you know, for obvious reasons, I think Scytheclaw Raptor is a house. Whenever a player casts a spell, if it's not their turn, Scytheclaw Raptor deals four damage to them. It is a two-way street. Both people take the damage, but the card seems really good, and it's on a 4-3 body. Right? Like, I don't know that this dinosaur deck, I don't know if it's real or not, but I think that uncommon is. Yeah, it feels to me like a, a really good sideboard card. I don't know. Like, uh, when you think about like mono red or something, I wonder, do you think it's fast enough? Because that would be like an obvious home for it. I feel like it's yeah. when it's good, it's really good. But then some matchups, your opponent's just not really playing at instant speed, and then it's kind of like mediocre. But it's still like a three mana four three right and it's, so it's not getting cut down it's it's that's it's, true you know like it, it's gonna require a real answer and i and i really like that and what are they gonna do wandering emperor so then they take two right so like that that's the power in that card and i'm i'm really liking that and so speaking of red i i think one of the biggest things that just kind of crept in there um is the racto sacrifice deck now with uh axineal 
the the four mana red uh, god red god yeah yeah that's the one so that's the one place i've seen that card is it works really well with oni called anvil right so if you can if you can sack something to anvil and actually get four damage out of it that it greatly <laughs> speeds up uh speeds up the clock so that's been a pretty cool use of the red god actually hasn't really shown up in like mono red or anything at this point but it does seem very very cute at least in the sacrifice decks and there's a lot of other like so esper and mono red are probably the two most popular decks if you just go through the top 32 of these challenges but there's a lot of just random stuff you mentioned dinosaurs we've seen the boros decks so it still seems like a format where it's evolving people are still figuring out what's going to work and what's going to be good in this format i will say i'm still a little sad they didn't rotate because when i see all the esper like if you look at the esper lists They've actually evolved a lot to the point where, like, you're not even playing Shouldered in the main deck. You got the Deep Cavern Bats. You got Virtue of Loyalty. Like you got Subtridian Schooner. Like, you have a lot of these new cards in it. But then you still have, like, Graphene or whatever, which kind of, in some ways, makes it feel like, oh, it's the same thing I've seen for two and a half years so far. So I I kind of wish they had still just like, uh, rotated. But, but yeah, standard is feel in. like Graphene is, like, offensive. Is it? Like, I mean, it's kind of funny to me that she, you're right. Shieldred is a sideboard card, a tech card in some matchups. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, I think Graphene is fine. I, I, I want to see, I want us to, again, talk about standard uh, in the no rotation, not right now, not like the few months, the, like a day after it's announced. I want to see what it's like in a year. That's 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 what I want to see. I I want to see where like how the format plays then. But as of right now, I've Rafine will see you it. there in a year. Yeah, too. it'll it'll <laughs> yeah. be there along I with children. So. <laughs> the problem is not Rafine is too strong. It's the problem is I'm bored of Rafine. Yeah, like I just don't want to see Rafine anymore. Not that Rafine is overly oppressive or something. I don't know. Like Rafine kind of rises and, and drops with the meta game, right? But just want to see new cards. You know, imagine like we're seeing some new cards. We'll we'll check in that in like two weeks once the dust has settled. But imagine how many more cards would be seen if we rotated. So I think that's kind of where we're at. Uh, but it, yeah, they're not oppressive. It's just boring. Like I just don't want to see Wandering Emperor and Rafine and stuff for like 8 we've, million we've years. It. Like, we, you know, they're good. I get it. I get it. They're good. Like you're not <laughs> rotate. See, see if you can play in modern or not. Right. Or see if you can play in pioneer. We're done with standard. Get out. <laughs> but then like, now you get to see like, then the good news is like, there's a majority of cards. This might be one of the friendlier aspects of of standard right it is this three-year non-rotating kind of format because you know just like I've, if i like getting into pokemon standard right i bought a deck it's nice to know that cards like it just feels like cards stay around for a while so the deck that i buy into maybe it gets power crept out by some other new card but for the most part it's nice to know that i have a deck and or i have cards and i can play with them and it's i don't know it feels good good to know that i if i wanted to buy a staple in standard i can still see rafine um again like the it's i i don't know i i think this is a good thing overall a net positive thing for standard and seeing rafine a year down the line i don't think that bothers me so i don't know maybe maybe i'm a glutton for pain i don't know i don't know how pokemon works but like do they have a million different formats like we do because i feel like we have so many like you have pioneer and modern and like you have infinite formats where your cards never rotate so maybe having one that changes is is a good thing traditionally so So, so pokemon is i don't know if we should use this as example but they have one format the cards are super simple because it rotates, but also no one plays the game. So, <laughs> like, most people are collectors. So the fact that the card is, like, mediocre or is not super impressive, like, doesn't matter as much because people are just like, Charizard, yeah, yeah right? So <laughs> I, I, I don't know if this is the model we want, but, yeah, it's, it's the interesting. The collector base is there. You're right. That is it's heavy. That's its bread and butter. But I will say that current Pokemon is actually pretty darn fun. Um, it- so... It does make me sad that uh, magic competitive play is not more of a thing. Just hearing, like, you were mentioning being at this huge One Piece event, right, Grim? Like, 1,400 people huge. or something. Yeah. And then I just heard they had, like, Flesh and Blood Nationals, 2,400 people playing Flesh and Blood. Like, there's a market there. There's a lot of people that want to go grind sweaty paper card games. And magic is just, <laughs> like, not interested in in filling that void i guess like no, no, not, no, not seriously trees or whatever no what, what's going on at magic con there's some big event 
There's so at the Magic Con, there is there is a, a, a side part event. of the con, a side <laughs> event. Like yeah, we, they we are... just take our two thousand player events for granted. We're like whatever, right? <laughs> they always happen, and you're like, oh, this older con, what a big event. We're like, wait a minute, we get this all the time. It's just we don't talk about it because we're used to it. Yeah, maybe it's I just that know. it feels sad compared to how it used to be when we had like SCG yeah, because it's on the every weekend. Like, like we're yeah, it's it's kind of the heading heading the other direction, but. Anyway, we got more. I, we got. I, oh, go ahead, Graham. Sorry. Well, I I think that's also like the problem, right? There's a lot of negativity on standard, and I think the the format needs to thrive. So, but I'm not saying like you know praise standard because you you should. I'm saying standard's not bad. I don't know. I mean, I I I think this standard is insanely fun, uh, compared to where it was, right? So. I don't know. I if you if you've been thinking about playing standard or ever thought about it, just just give it a try. Like obviously, you know, barring any absurd financial things that you have to do for it. <laughs> like I, I think the standard is actually pretty good. Well, I, I wanted to point out one cool deck that I saw was just a Mind Link Mech and Bloodletter. Yeah. Uh, I got quadruple damaged. I did not <laughs> calculate that. I'm not gonna lie to you, and I died instantly. So <laughs> Mind Link Mech can do some cool things. That is a that is a super cool card. And I mean, yeah. even though I would rather rotate way more often, that is one of the things that you get from slower rotation is like Mind Link Mech would have rotated and you would have never seen this uh, this synergy with Blitter of Aklazot. So there's some upsides there, too. But anyway, let's let's talk about a couple other formats, because uh, there's a lot of formats in Magic. So in Pioneer. Ah, wizards, 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 wizards. Apparently, <laughs> Discover is just as broken as Cascade and Wizards for some reason. What? Didn't figure this out. Actually, it's more broken because it's an ETB trigger. So you can just loop a bunch of clones with your Contorius or with your Trumpety Cardasaur. Ah, so uh, we had a challenge this weekend. Richard, what, what happened in the Pioneer Challenge? Uh, yeah, yeah. Trumpety Carnosaur. <laughs> I was trying to buy from my commander deck. It's twenty dollars on. It's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's it's absurdly expensive because apparently Discover is good. I, I will say though, I was building my commander deck, and I'm like, oh, thank goodness, I don't have to discover into a rampant growth. I can just draw a card. Yeah, uh, so it, it worked out swimmingly for commander. But here we see the problem where you want to fix it for commander, and then you break pioneer. So Quintorius combo running trumpeting carnosaur. Uh, does the thing? What What is the combo, Seth? How do you so, go infinite with these cards? <laughs> so the combo is actually them, super Seth. easy. the The easiest way to do it is just Quintorius Con. So you play Quintorius. It's static ability. Whenever you cast a card from exile, drains for two, and then you build your deck in a way that the only thing it's negative three discover four can hit is going to be a way to clone it, which is primarily Spark Double because it Spark lets you double, keep multiple multiple uh, Quintoriuses on the battlefield. But Clever Impersonator, Mythos of Aluna also show up in some of the builds. So essentially, if you play enough of these four mana clones, you play a single Quintorius gone and then just loop enough of them that the static ability kills your opponent on the spot. You would think there would be a high cost to having your mana value, being able to play nothing that costs four or less outside of the clones. But in reality, in 2023, like you got split cards, you got Leyline Binding, you got Virtue of Persistence. There's many, many cards. We also see a lot of the like Magmopus Treasure Producers as ramp, but there's many cards that you can actually cast for like one or two mana that technically have a mana value that's like seven or eight, so it doesn't mess up your Discover combo plan. Krim, how legit do you think these decks are? So obviously it's it's early in the season. Do you think Quintorius combo or the, the other one is more of, I guess, a Carnosaur combo where you're copying Carnosaurs and Geological Appraisers a bunch of times and then like Galting or whatever to win? Do you think any of these Discover combo decks are, are actually legit? Or is this a case where people just aren't prepared for this meta and you play some counter spells or whatever and that's going to take care of the problem? I, I, I mean, right now, I'm leaning into what you more so the latter, like you just mentioned. I think it's, you know, a new meta. Uh, people just haven't prepped for it yet. Opening weekend, you know, I remember at one point, Obnixilis adversary was like, people were asking for it to be banned in standard. <laughs> um, so just remember that. So I will say Quintorius again, cute combo, but like, if I just like, I don't know, fateful absence it, right? Like, wh what are you doing? Yeah, or or like, counter. Like, I don't know how the deck ever yeah. beats. Like, I mean, I, I've been playing the deck a lot. I got a video coming up for it in a couple of days on the YouTube. But uh, ah, counter spells. Like, if your opponent just always sits on a negate, it's very tricky to actually to actually win. Yeah, like see, like because then now they've just fizzled your <laughs> your your clone effect essentially, right? Yep. So I mean, like, and like it 
because you kind of clunk up your deck playing these weird spells, I don't know if you actually grind the late game all that well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you have a bunch of clones that kind of copy what, right? So <laughs> it's, it, it, right now it's just too early. It's too early. It, it, it's a cute combo. It, it's neat. It's a neat trick. But I think once the meta adapts more of these, uh, as we've seen, there's a lot more ways to like, not even just counter spells, just ways to interact with planeswalkers, right? You have bitter triumph or whatever the new two mana planeswalker removal, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you just have so many ways to interact with planeswalkers now. What do you think, Richard? Have you seen these decks at all? I, I don't think they've made it to yeah, the it's modern, called modern yet. Seth. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess every modern deck is doing that. Yeah, uh, Ley Life Binding. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, split cards that don't count for the real mana value. Speaking of a standard environment where things do what you think they should do, when you cast a Ley Line Binding uh, for one mana, like, do you think it should be considered a six mana card? Like, it's, it's, ugh, they should just get rid of these stupid yeah. cards that, like, don't. <laughs> get cast for what their mana cost says uh and i don't know how they would fix that but i i just hate the fact that you don't play any three drops two drops or one drops yet you can cast spells like on every part of your curve uh so i don't know i i, I, I think this is a real deck like sure it might suck but wait till they make a thought sees that that's like eight mana but you can cast for free and, yeah. you know like they're <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think this is going away. I think we're going to see more and more of these decks as we get more and more of these cost reduction cards to to further cascade. It's like dredge. You can't make it go away. It's just always there as long as the mechanic exists. I well, I mean, we talked about it in the last podcast, right? Like, it's just like, hey, resource systems matter. You should probably take that into account. Uh, and then now, you know, we used to we used to joke on it, and I said it, and I'll say it again. We are moving in the direction of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Resource system? Who cares? Check this out. I'm gonna poop my hand out. I still can't believe they brought back Cascade. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? What a but it's so move. sweet for Commander Seth. I hope I hope I show you guys. It's it is, so yeah, sweet. I mean, knowing is, that uh, you can Cascade into Rampant Girl to draw a card, it fixes everything. I'm like, oh. I guess <laughs> I feel like this brings us it back. It is around. relatively Timmy. It is. It is. I am not. It's pretty Timmy, words. right? Well, when I tried to argue that during our our pawn cast, oh no, no, no! Yeah, I'm putting stuff into plays in Timmy. Like, it would be big. It's just not Timmy. okay, but it's still pretty Timmy. <laughs> this is still pretty sweaty. It's too sweaty, right? Like, I think a little sweaty, but it works I, here. I think this actually wraps us back around to our standard conversation a little bit, where like this is an example, right? Of like. A mechanic that's really good for commander, but arguably like hurting 60 card formats. And yeah, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. But if you're playing Pioneer, look out for Discover because it is the hot new thing. We got one more big format to get to, though, which is modern. Richard, I know you've been uh, grinding some modern over the weekend. How's it been going? How's it been going? And uh, what have you seen as far as new LCI stuff? Uh, not good because I'm playing Jun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got tricked. I played one league. I, I four one. I'm like, oh, oh is Jun is Jun back, boys? I'm like, this is good. This is good. That's because everyone was testing out their terrible LCI cards. <laughs> they proceeded to like two, three every league afterwards. Uh, why? So I'm still working that? on Jun, but wait, why? There's a Merfolk deck apparently floating around that people are hyped about. The we we have like the three mana flash stifle thing, and then the two mana enchantment that when your merfolk gets tapped, they, they make more merfolk. Uh, I haven't seen that deck, but people are hot uh, or hyped about it. Molten collapse. I've played it. I've seen other people play it. It's kind of okay. Like it, it's not it's not fixing <laughs> your deck or anything. <laughs> like I don't know. It's like okay. Uh, I think the hottest actually tech is amulet titan with spelunking. That's the three mana enchantment. Uh, when it ETBs, you can put a land into play, and then your lands enter the battlefield untapped. Uh, the the combination of ramp and another amulet makes it really good. And I think Amulet Titan actually won the challenge that happened. Let me just yep. double check. Yeah, I think yeah, it was amulet top two, actually. Yeah. It's so amulet funny. Titan's everywhere the, because the it's meme. also a one-ring abusing deck. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, Spelunking is the truth. I don't know... Well, what was it, Seth, where we, we, we memed on it? Like, I think or, <laughs> this is good in Amulet Titan because everything's good in Amulet Titan. 
Uh, yeah, I think we, I think we did meme on that. But yeah, I mean, it seems like it's bobbed Amiotain up a bit. Like the deck has been top tier, but it hasn't been like tip top tier. And based on these challenge results, maybe, maybe Splunking actually puts it at the very top of the meta. Not that that deck actually needs to get better. One of the things that surprised me, Richard, is have you seen the the Tishana's Tidebinder, the Flash Merfolk? It's been pretty widely adopted in crashing footfalls. That I expected it to show up in the janky Merfolk decks that everyone likes. But if you look at like crashing footfall lists, most of the ones that have like won leagues or performed in challenges are playing like three copies of it. Is it that good of a card? Is that like a better than Merfolk card that you can just play in run real <laughs> real decks? Sorry, Merfolk players. <laughs> I didn't even know yeah. that was a thing. So everyone memes on the fact that. Rakdos Scam is 10% of the meta, and, like, Modern is Modern Horizons 2, but there are a ton of decks. Like, I, I played, like, a lot, a lot of different decks. I never ran into a Crashing Footfalls deck post-LCI. What are you, what are you stifling? Like, what, what is, I mean, why, why is it in the deck? You can get a land, you can get a Fury, you can get a, a Grief, I guess. It's three mana, so I guess that's part of it too. Is like you have the interesting, you have the cascade issue. But yeah, if you look at the second challenge of the weekend, the one on the 18th, first place deck crashing footfalls with two tide binders, and then third was uh, crashing footfalls with three tide binders. So I think tide binders the truth. Like I, I it's cheap enough, it's aggressive enough, and it, it well, it's literally aggressive too because it's a body, um, and. I kind of, and it's at a nice part of the curve where, you know, you can't just simply push it by just casting it for one. So I like that card. I think that card's sick. Yeah. It's one of, I think I, I need to see someone playing with this. I feel it's a three mana three, two though. with flash. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that, that's good enough? It's, it's also like, I think the shutting down the ability forever is also pretty relevant. Like if you hit a one ring or something like that's, that's, that's big value. Oh, to like just shut it off completely for? for as long as it stays on the battlefield. Yeah. <sighs> how does okay, that work that. with Shieldred, right? Like, can I, it, it works on triggered, right? So it only yes. just exiles the trigger that you exile, right? So like, I, I could only no, 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 like, the, negate. The permanent loops so then there's all no abilities on Shieldred afterwards. Ah, yeah, so if you hit a yeah. Shieldred, Shieldred's just a four or five. No death touch even. It only gets rid of the death touch too. <laughs> dude, that's but sick, dude. I had I, someone, yeah, oh, yeah, someone got my land in Standard Fighter Pemistra's Foundry and someone someone got it with Tidebinder. I was like, oh God, that's, that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> got me, I guess. <laughs> oh, that Actually, oh, dude, that's crack, okay. I don't okay, know. How's that not this. hype? This is like so, the stupid fire and icing where all they're doing is just tapping your land, and you're like, that yeah. seems dumb, but like, it's, it's very effective. And then you're like, I can't beat it. Yeah, effective. I can't guess my stuff. Uh, rhinos. Uh, Interesting. Right. Uh, this this terrible control deck that abuses Cascade. Uh, I love Cascade. Oh, have you seen Have you seen Quintorius in Modern, Richard? That was like, I was trying to make a list of the cards that have actually showed up in Modern from LCI, and Quintorius made it. It's been, uh, people have been playing it in the like Omnath Beanstalk deck, like a copier to you as a five drop because like cascade quintorius into blood braid into shardless agent into beanstalk do your do your <laughs> thing <laughs> live in the dream that's the dream <laughs> and they take, we talked about we we actually memed about this on the podcast like you you do the whole chain they take a bunch of damage as well from, from yep. all of this yep it's happening it's i think that's it's really meme, happening. i think it's a, i think it's too cute but maybe maybe it's here to stay do you really need to do this? <laughs> probably, probably not. It might be one of those things where it's like people are trying out the new card. So why it's good enough that you can throw a copy or two in it and still like 5-0 your league or whatever. But whether it actually is like the most optimal use of that slot, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But any other I, any other thoughts on constructed magic before we might actually answer some fish mail? Some people, some people really want fish mail. I'm sorry, fish mail yeah. lovers. I know it's been a couple weeks. Go I ahead. just got to ask one question then because uh it's about quintorius yes so yes we we've seen it show up in you know older formats but like what's your thoughts of it in standard because so far in standard i thought it's kind of just like okay at best it's been fine like it's i haven't played with it as much as i'd like to i have lost to some people that just go super hard on the discover plan and they're like playing geological appraiser quintorius chimmel chimmel i really like that might okay. be my favorite discover That's... card where you just like slam that and like the value if it sticks out is so high where i'm like should i just be throwing this in like every non-aggro deck just a copy or two just like because it's like so much value if it sticks 
Yeah, because they fixed Cascade, right? And it's like this weird, like, card advantage engine. Like, you can, like, people are thinking, like, oh, well, what, do you, what are we doing? Are we speeding our way, ramping, and or, or like, like reanimating this or something? No, just play your normal game plan, top it off with this, and this is your card advantage engine. I played yeah. a Super Friends deck, and even though, like, only Wandering Emperor can activate her ability at the end of turn, didn't matter. Because I was just pooping out every Planeswalker in my deck. <laughs> and I was getting every answer I could find along the way. And, like, dude, I... I think Camille or Chamille is kind of nuts. Yeah. Yeah. The card's actually really sweet. It's been better than I expected it to be. That's the that's the discover card that has surprised me the most, I would say. Because I thought yeah. six mana, that's kind of a lot. But it's looked good every time I've seen it and every time I played it, honestly. So, yeah. Anyway, Richard, why don't, why don't we do some fish mail this week? All right. If you have questions, send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag MTGFishmail. And we'll get to your questions on air. Uh, Jupu2707 in episode 211. That's early 2019. Uh, you guys predicted some crazy stuff about stuff that has come true, such as alchemy, black border transformers, and planeswalkers losing their spark. Do you have any more predictions uh, that will come true in the next four years? Oh, oh maybe we got to do another... I probably should go listen to that episode again because I don't even remember predicting all those things. But, hey, we will take the win. Uh, I think Universe's Miano will be in standard. I think it's going to happen Woo! in the next four years. The, they're going to they're just going to throw it in there like there's I, I think it's going to happen. That's my easy one. <laughs> my I said it. I'll say it again. I think by like I even have a, a bet with a friend on this. And I think by in, in what in four years. So what, what year is that? Twenty twenty seven. Okay, so I think sometime, maybe by 2027, early 2027, or end of 2026 even, I think Oko comes off the ban list. <laughs> okay, okay. I could see us I power see creeping that. our way I, into dude, Oko being we safe. Power creep. Give we us, power give us like one, hori- one more Horizon set, right? Because we have one, right? Coming down the pipeline. And then maybe a few more sets. And I just, I feel like Oko is... May- Maybe, maybe let's like, how about, how about this? Maybe they don't take Oko off the list, but maybe there's going to be a Planeswalker or something that's better than Oko. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, they brought back Discover and Power Creeping Oko to the team. <laughs> yeah, they're going to release a, a patch that we fixed Oko. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we, we, we dropped this card and it's even better. Some, yes, yeah, so we, we knew Oko had some problems. Sometimes the 3-3 three, three <laughs> is not big enough to attack through your opponent's blockers. So, oh, Watsy. <laughs> I think in four years, we lose our multiverse. And Ooh. it will just be universes beyond and Dominaria. I think we're not going to get any new planes. I think like stuff like Strixhaven would not exist anymore. Like why make Strixhaven when you can just universes beyond Harry Potter? Uh, I, I was thinking well, like, what is the end game? And I think the end game of Magic the Gathering is Lego. So is Lego... Yes, I said Endgame. So Lego, like, uses everyone's IP, right? You can buy Lego Marvel, Lego Disney, whatever. And then they also have, like, some Lego branded stuff, like Dreams or something. I don't know, the Ninja thing or something. like I don't know, right? But it's, like, very specific. It's one plane or, you know, it's one world. So I think we just collapse back down to Dominaria. All the other worlds are taken by Universes Beyond. And you will just play Universes Beyond. You will play Lord of the Rings set one, two, three, four, five. You know, whenever a new set comes out that's hot, like imagine if Magic the Gathering was universes beyonded at the beginning of the Marvel MCU. You can so imagine there's like eight Marvel sets in universes beyond, right? So I think that's where we're going. I feel we're going to end up there. So I think we're just going to have like one Magic release a year. It'll be Dominaria. The other slots will be taken by universes beyond. And of course, because everything's universes beyond, they'll, they'll be in standard, they'll be in commander legacy whatever but i I think we're just gonna go full throttle here and we're gonna collapse to a single magic universe (laughs) and then the multiverse will be universes beyond i really hate that i i hope i hope we don't have to play with marvel cards i just i could i could never (laughs) man well you just you wait till they make terrible marvel cards by people that don't that don't appreciate marvel 
Imagine if Doctor Who stuff. was a two mana one, one that oh. hard ETB and that was it. Would you forgive them? <laughs> <laughs> First off, Doctor Who, you mean Doctor Strange. You, oh, respect, Doctor Strange. you respect my favorite character, all right? You put respect on his name. Second off... <laughs> Don't don't put that evil out there, okay? <laughs> well, Doctor Strange doesn't I, even get a card. It's like eight Spider Mans and eight yeah. Wolverines, and that's it. <laughs> if the the internet if the internet wants to see me cry, because I know the internet hates that I love Marvel, but if they if how they really want to hurt me, you can say what you want about my love for Marvel. But what would really hurt me is if Doctor Strange sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are he'll suck. Chances Bro, are, yeah? calm down. He's not, calm not down. high on the power rankings. Like the God, power rankings of Marvel Richard. characters, like he's not that high. He's gonna suck. No, he's gonna be. No. What if he's an uncommon? Crit? Stop! Oh my God, the insult! <laughs> Stop that! <laughs> Say what you want about me. You leave Stephen Strange out of this. My my dog's name is Dormammu, his arch enemy, for a reason. <laughs> I love that man. That is a good card. It will be good. Stop with the negative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get counseling ready for Krim. I, I think yeah, Dr. Strange yeah. is not going to show up or will be an uncommon. There's no way. There's too many <laughs> A-listers. They got to put at Mythic yeah. and Rare. Like, there, there's no way they can shove them all in, right? It's yeah, like you more have... of the Sparks Planeswalkers. Like, unfortunately, you're an uncommon with no uptick. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna... <laughs> I mean, release some... day, you're just going to hear it right there. Like, yo, this set sucks, guys. I don't know. I, I think it was a bad idea because Mar- like, Dr. Strange is just awful. I mean, look at look at the Lord of the Rings set. Like Gandalf, none of the Gandalf cards ended up being very good, and that's like one of the he most got, iconic. But he got like six versions. He got, but they he all kind of were like medium. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Baragon. It was even a high tier Lord of the Rings character, though. But some of the well, Lord though, of the Rings characters of, like, kind of got Legolas done wrong. Gimli's or whatever. They they yeah. didn't. Apparently, they're not as popular as the other characters. Um, but I think if it pony. becomes, let, let's say it's a little bit of both, right? Let's say, like Seth said, UB becomes standard, right? If it becomes standard, Talk Strange has got to be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe we'll have a dedicated podcast where we could uh, go crazy and brainstorm where we see ourselves in four years. But hopefully we still exist. <laughs> Magic the Gathering hasn't gone the way of the Dodo. Uh, do you Oh, maybe okay, we'll save it later. But I, I'm curious if Magic Arena exists in four years. Oh, it's been replaced. But Ooh. yeah, we'll save that for another episode. Anyway. So if you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fishmail, and we'll get to your questions on here. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 460 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard, Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit and Magic at Sea for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So, until then, have an amazing week, everyone. And this is the crew signing out. Bye.